Real Life True yeah. Stars. We got us another one. Yeah. Prime Time 99. Yeah. A pimp on a blimp eating lobster steak and shrimp. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. We have Alex Stein in the building. Um, the internet sensation, you know, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, one of Dallas's own, if people didn't know, DFW's own. Um, man, first and foremost, uh, before we even get started, um, uh, I have to say, you know, the way that I found out about you was mm-hmm. uh, the pimp on a blimp. Yeah. Uh, you know, primetime 99 going to Plano City Council. And I swear, I'm like, this guy raps. He's freestyling. Like, yeah. I'm like, I know a freestyler when I see one. And he's going off the head. And I'm just I'm just curious. And we're going to before we go deep into that whole city council stuff. Were you always like just inclined to rap or something or? Come on, I'm the pimp on a blimp. Everything I say, I got more bars than a Xanax dealer. I tell everybody that, and that's the truth. It's the only reason why I think I can rap is that when I was a young kid, I used to read the rhyming dictionary all the time. And I used to love that. I love poetry. And listen, I grew up in Dallas. All I did was listen to rap. I mean, UGK, I mean, uh, literally, obviously, Tupac, Biggie, DMX was my favorite. Oh, yeah. What so, they know, want from them. That's what I'm saying. So, I, you know, rap music, it's, it's, it's in my, uh, it's my favorite type of music. So I think that's why I'm a, a pimp on a blimp, rapper extraordinaire. I'm curious, what rapper do you feel kids should look up to today? The, the, a rapper that kids should look up to today. I mean, none of them. I mean, uh, really. And, and that's not even like the, the drugs and alcohol. I think that part of rapping is okay. Like, I actually used to like the rappers that would sip lean. But now you have guys like Travis Scott who's just killing people at his concert doing satanic rituals. I'm not even kidding. I mean, if you saw that at Travis Scott's concert, they got uh, uh, voodoo bodies. You're walking into a temple of doom. And then all of a sudden, 15 uh, Latino girls get trampled. And Travis Scott's still singing the... Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think most of these rappers, these modern day rappers, and they're all worshiping Satan and probably drinking the blood of children with Jeffrey Epstein. Do, do you? Yeah, right, right. Do you feel like these concerts be rituals? Like I, I've seen some demonic type situations at the concerts, and I see people in trances, and I'm like, what is this? Dude, it's all a game. I mean, listen, and, and especially the black community. That's why Dave Chappelle he said that he ran away from his contract because they tried to put him in a dress. So yeah. there's something about like these record deals and, and my favorite, I everybody loved Cash Money Records. I mean, anybody that didn't like Cash Money Records wasn't listening. Bling, to bling, yes. But but if you go back and you literally look up, it was on, I think it was 106 in Park, but you can see Birdman kissing Lil Wayne. Yeah. Uh, that's a famous video, a very famous video. Yeah. And, and and you know, he would say, Oh, he's like my dad. But then there's other accusations, and Birdman's probably gonna come try to kill me, like he snatched <laughs> a dress he's chain. But there's a lot of allegations that, you know, he's sucking people's dick or getting his dick sucked by other guys. So there's just a lot of stuff in the rap game where it's like called buck breaking, where you you have to like buck break a person. This is a real thing. This is not a conspiracy. So I feel like in the rap community, there's a lot of older guys that buck break younger black men. And then it becomes some sort of kind of weird demonic cult thing. So it's not like the old days. And let's be real, actually. Let's let's really talk about the conspiracy. Tupac, everybody loves Tupac, but really Tupac was in art school. He was an actor. He was doing poetry, and then all of a sudden he was thug life, tatted on his chest. He was a you know gangster, and he you know went to jail, banged Jada Pinkett Smith, all that. Just saying, <laughs> there's always something goofy about these guys. I, I hate to say it, Drake is a perfect example. Now he's the hottest rapper in the world, but he was the crippled guy in Degrassi. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just there's always something weird that they pick and choose these people to be the next celebrity. And this is why I know that, because there's a thing called the Tavistock Institute, Joker. And in the Tavistock Institute, this is like the premier institute of mental health, and they're really, they're on board with all like the transgender stuff. But they would do experiments back in the day, and they would get soldiers, and they'd give them LSD, marijuana, heroin, and they would have them listen to music, and they could tell which melodies were most pleasurable for our ears. So I think music has become so formulaic. That's why Taylor Swift has a million songs. So you can just pick a guy like Travis Scott, make him, you know, drink the blood of children or something. Then you have the, you know, blackmail on him and you can just give him a hit song because you know what melodies are going to be popular. So modern day music in this day and age, it sounds good, but these artists, none of them, I think, are really worthy of our praise. There you go. Um, Alice, I have to ask, because uh, you're at The Blaze. Um, you have your show, Primetime 99. Uh, you know, Alex and I, we're, you know, we're going to talk about the show a little bit. For sure. Uh, but for those who don't know about The Blaze, that's... Um, uh, it's in a facility that has been in Dallas for a while. Yeah, well, we were just talking about it. So I work at the Blaze TV, and we're in we're located in the old Paramount Studios located in Las Colinas. And these studios are legendary here in Dallas. 
I think they broke ground in 1979 and like they started in 1980. And so they did a bunch of famous movies, JFK, every episode of Barney. So Selena Gomez, all those Barney girls, probably they all probably drink the blood of children. But yeah. <laughs> they started there before they got Jeffrey Epstein and, and became famous. But uh, yeah. <laughs> this, this studio used to be the biggest studio. And what, when Paramount broke ground on it, the idea was they want to make a studio like a third coast. You know, you have L.A., you got New York, but they want to have a center location in Dallas where the weather's good, where they could shoot outside basically all year round. And Texas, is, it fits all those boxes. But in, during the filming of RoboCop, they blew up a gas station in Deep Elm area and that building caught fire and blew up a building next door, caught a building on fire. All these people went to the city council and complained, oh, they caught my building on fire, rightfully so. But because of that, the city stopped giving tax breaks and then Atlanta blew up, New Orleans blew yeah. up, Austin blew up. So it just sucks that I'm kind of in the graveyard of what Dallas could have been, but I love the blaze. It's a great company, and you can see my show, Primetime with Alex Sign, Pimp on a Blimp, three nights a week. Check it out. That's crazy. I didn't even know that, but I'm, I know RoboCop was shot here, but I didn't know that story kind of killed our movie uh, yeah, glory. It. It um, so I have to ask then, because you mentioned Barney. Um, do you feel Barney was, uh, like, for our for our childhood, do you feel like Barney, like, helped these kids and, you know, just in general, the, what, what Barney was? Yeah, I mean, what, what is Barney's the imaginary purple dinosaur? Yeah, I mean, I think that's better now. But here, I'll get you. Let's go into it. I'm sure we're going to talk about conspiracies. Yeah. I actually don't think Barney was that great because I think a lot about what they tell us about dinosaurs are a lie. Like, Alex, what are you talking about? What? There's museums. I know. And every single dinosaur you see in a museum is a model because the actual bones of dinosaurs cannot be on display because they are too radioactive. That's what they tell you. So any dinosaur bone you've ever seen, any dinosaur bone you've ever seen, this is a fact, is a model. And most of these uh, dinosaur recreations are made in China. And then on top of that, it goes so crazy. You're like, oh, well, you know, Alex, we have these bones. Yeah, I do believe there's old lizards. I believe there's alligators. I do believe there's old big animals. But they tell they told us all about the dinosaurs. There's a thing called the Bone Wars. It was Edward Cope. And in the Bone Wars, there was these, they were like the first people to discover bones. And it was like in the 1890s. And you have to really get into the weeds, but they would just classify. They'd find like a tooth and they'd be like, this is a stegosaurus. Then all of that. <laughs> right, right. And then later on, they said, oh, half the dinosaurs they said were fake. So my point is the original people that started finding dinosaur bones, not till like the late 1800s, that's when we first found dinosaur bones. All of a sudden, we started finding them like crazy, but all that all of our ancestors never really had dinosaurs. And dinosaurs aren't in the Bible. Not that the Bible is 100%, you know, if you take the Bible 100% literal, there's like dragons in the Bible. But the idea that they had all these prehistoric dinosaurs, I don't vibe with that like they tell us. So, well, let's start with... The Willy Mammoth. Do you feel the wheel, the Willy I, Mammoth existed? I, I'm sure there's probably big Willy Mammoth type dinosaurs. I'm so crazy. This is how crazy I go. I believe that there was Nephilim. I believe at some point <laughs> on Earth there were giants. And you're like, Alex, what are you talking about? I just, I don't know. I don't Easter know. Island? I mean, maybe. Well, I don't know if the <laughs> Easter Island, but I mean, how are the pyramids made? I don't know. There's a lot of unanswered questions. But my kind of theory is that they say, and guys, you know, I'm speculating this. I'm a pimp on a blunt, but don't, you know. Take yeah, yeah, we love speculation. Yeah, look into it for yourself. But, you know, they say in the Bible, a third of the angels were, angels were casted out of heaven onto earth. So I think that those angels came on earth, had sex with these Nephilim somehow. And then I think we're like the autistic offspring of all that. Wow. If you were able to have a time machine and go back to one year in the past, just one year, to spend a year, one, you know, pick a year. It has to be in the past. You can't go to the future. Yeah. Where would you go? What what time? What year would you go back to? I'd probably go to like Michael Jordan's rookie year. And just buy all the Nike stock that I can afford. I mean, I'd buy all Nike. I'd buy every pair of Jordan shoes and I would put a warehouse. Yeah. I mean, either that or like, you know, when Bill Gates started Microsoft, I'd probably do something like that. But like my personal thing, if, if I'm just having fun, if I'm checking out the times, I and I'm not I'm not kidding. The world ended basically during Y2K. That's when we got the cell phone. That's when we began the digital era. We started to stop using, you know, normal means of communication. So I would probably like to go like to see what the 50s or 60s were like, just to see, you know, what, what that time was like. I probably wasn't that great. There was like bad stuff going on in the world. I'm not saying it was the best time, but I would kind of like to see the world without technology 
But I don't know if I'd go that far back. I mean, what the hell? What am I going to do in the medieval era? I yeah, mean, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, the women's, their vaginas stink. The men stink. I'm saying, I want to go to an era that at least yeah. got some soap. But, grooming uh, was not a thing. Yeah, grooming was yeah, not a thing. Yeah, so I don't know. With the time machine, I'd probably rather go to the future if I could choose to go backwards or forward. Because I think the future is going to be really, really. How far in the future, if you could go, like? Well, the, the world's going to end according to Jesus in six months. So no, oh, that's a joke. That's a lot of go seven months. Yeah. Right. No, uh, no. I, I would honestly look at the future because I think it's going to be. This is how dark I think the future is going to be. Right now, one of the biggest threats to mankind is artificial intelligence. And I have no doubt in my mind, it's similar to the movie Vanilla Sky, that they're going to have artificial intelligence that's indistinguishable from our actual living existence and reality. So I think what they're going to do is they're going to convince people that they are a strain on humanity by causing global warming or climate change, that we release too much you know, CO2 and, and carbon emissions, and that if you plug into this machine, you can get intubated, you're going to get food. And in the metaverse, once you plug into it, you can be Tony Romo for the starting quarterback of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. You can be Tom Brady. You can be whoever you want to be. You can have unlimited money, eat unlimited steak and shrimp. And I think people are going to plug into this machine. And as soon as they plug into it, they're dead. That's the truth. Right, right. They're actually, they're you're actually killing yourself. Yeah, you're killing yourself. But the, this is the thing is they'll convince people because they'll say, hey, here on Earth, you only live to about 75 years. But in the metaverse, you can live a thousand years. Wow. So, yeah, that's how I think the future is going to be. It's going to be people living in pods. And the idiots uh, that sign up for it, they're going to stay in the pods or they're going to be dead. But there will always be people that you know, are part of the counterculture that don't go with that, that don't plug into the machine. So I think that's like the future. It's going to be like the matrix, like a few crazy people in Neo fighting robots. Like, I really think that's possible. No, it's crazy because like in, in 1900, which is like 120 years ago, there was like a billion people in the world. Yeah. Now there's going on 8 billion just 100 years later. Like, do you yeah. feel like we're almost overpopulating too quickly? Like, we might fuck ourselves. Well, no, that's a big conspiracy too. You know, there's so much room that, that supposedly, this is what they say, that you could get all 8 billion people and I think you could give us like one quarter of an acre, I forget how it would work, or enough space to live, and you could fit the whole entire population in Texas. Now that's supposedly, I know, I know you gotta- I can see it working, it'll be tight. It'll be be tight. tight. (laughs) I know, obviously we couldn't live like that, but that's a thing they talked about on Joe Rogan. So the idea that like we're running out of resources or there's not room on the earth, just go out to Longview, Texas. Go, I mean, go out to there's all, all these small towns. There's plenty of room. As a matter of fact, all these small towns, all their businesses are dying because of Walmart. Like, I'm just saying, yes. there's enough room. We need more people. That we need more crazy. people. That's why, I don't, that's why I really don't like abortion, because I think we need more people. We got room for everybody, but they, what they want to do is they want to convince you that you are bad for the planet. They want to make you feel guilty, and that's one of the biggest lies. They have to convince you that God is not real so that you don't have any, like, I guess— moral responsibility for your actions. And I think that's one of the biggest lies is they tell you that you just evolved from pond scum, your life doesn't matter, and that, you know, we got to save the planet so you can't eat meat or you can't do this. And I think that's a lie. Like, we need to just savor the flavor. Yeah, we shouldn't just throw plastic water bottles constantly in the ocean. That's not good. I, I mean, pollution's real. But trust me, we got enough water in this world to to keep us drinking forever. You don't think it'll be like um like mega cities, like every city is like New York. Like well, New just, York is New York is like a, a prison where the prisoners are running it. You know, the prisoners yeah, are yeah, escape from New York. And I love New York, but uh, I don't know. Can we recreate New York? Dallas is blowing up. They say Dallas is and Houston and San Antonio are gonna be bigger than Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago in a few years. I don't know, wow. maybe that's true. We'll see. Could could be, could be. Now, so on your show, I got to touch on this because this is just recently, you know, went live and you interviewed the um, that motherfucker right there is not real. Uh, the plan girl, the viral plan girl, Tiffany, um, Gomez. Tiffany Gomez. Yes. Um, and for those who want to watch that, please uh, go subscribe, watch Alex's channel. It's a great interview. Um, I'm curious for those who want to watch who are watching this right now. Mm-hmm. Did she say what she saw? No, of course not. And, you know, I tried to press her on, like, what did you see? She's like, oh, I can't talk about it for legal reasons. But she didn't. Legal see, reasons. I know. She didn't see anything. And I like Tiffany. She's very nice. But she said, she admitted on my show where she hadn't admitted anywhere else, that she was at the American Airlines Admiral's Lounge drinking wine before a flight. It was like a morning flight. So, you know, she's probably on a few, you know, yeah. little Zanny bars <laughs> or something. And I, she had a public meltdown. And really... I'm actually empathetic to that because flying is annoying. I fly all the time. The flights are late. Everybody in there is fighting. So I think she just had a freak out. It went viral because she had big boobs and she looked good. <laughs> and now she's like a infamous celebrity. So I, I do think for all the people who said, oh, she's fake. She's an actress. No, that's really Tiffany Gomez. But whatever she saw, 
it, it wasn't real. She was just uh, tripping out. You try to do the ladies in the tramp and, uh, you know, the proposal, yes. you know. Uh, do you feel like you put on the hot seat trying to sit down and propose to her? What if she would have said yes? Well, yeah, I do put, I put all the hoes on the hot seat. That's what happens when you're a pimp on a blimp. No, we're doing lady in the tramp. We got the spaghetti. Yeah. And she doesn't know that I am HIV positive. So she's definitely needs to go get checked. So Tiffany, if you're watching this, you definitely need to go to the doctor. I have a doctor that you can go to a free clinic. Ah, there you um, go. But yeah, you might want to get checked out. There you go. Well, shout out Tiffany Gomez. Um, you also had one of our own alumni, uh, Charleston White, on your show uh, a week or so ago. Um, how was meeting the character, meeting the man, uh, Chicken Shit Charlie? Uh, he he has a lot of monikers. He go by Rat Williams. Um, how what was your expectation, and how was meeting the man, Charleston White? Well, it's funny you say that. Yeah, I just had him on the show. A- uh, what a week ago but listen I've had a long relationship with Charleston White he's oh, been on yeah. my show three or four times but the episodes keep getting deleted off YouTube <laughs> so one of my most viral videos this year is that Brittany Griner when she started the WNBA this season she was at the DFW airport and a yes, friend of mine told me hey you saw Brittany Griner so I hauled my butt up there I bought a refundable ticket on a, on a flight so I could get through security and I went to her gate and I confronted her and I said hey was that a fair trade we traded you for the merchant of death I know that, you know, you like to kill it on the court, but he kills it in real life. And I confronted her about that. You seen it? And it went viral as a mother effer. I mean, it was it was huge. Like ESPN had it on the ticker. Brittany Griner confronted because, of course, they want to make her look like the biggest victim in the world. So that next day, I just happened to have Charleston White on the episode. And Charleston White lit her up because he didn't <laughs> like, you know, he, he's famous for making fun of her. So that show got totally kicked off the Internet. And then, then that was a very monumental episode, but you can still see it on my Twitter and uh, Rumble. You can see that uh, Charleston White Alex Stein episode. But then the first time I had Charleston White on, he did the chicken shit Charlie bit where he came in fully dressed to the blaze in Confederate flag. I remember uh, where, it. And everybody at the blaze was like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> and this is my first time with Charleston. So I'm like, all right, we got to play a prank on Charleston. We're gonna try to uh, we're gonna try to initiate him in the Illuminati. So I had a bunch of people dressed up in robes and wearing masks. And we try to get him to like, you know, drink the blood of a cat and do like a ceremonial ritual like he's Barack Obama joining the Illuminati. And of course, you know, Charleston White's hilarious. He killed it. He's like, when I say this, I'm not even kidding. The reason why Donald Trump is popular because he's basically a comedian. Like, you know, right. You know, you can say whatever. He's a politician, but he's very funny. Charleston White's like that. Like the people that want to hate him, you can't because he's so funny. He's like a Trump. Like even if you don't agree with him, you like what he's saying. He's entertaining. And I'm telling you, Charleston White, he, he said a lot of crazy stuff that I don't agree with. I don't agree with anybody 100%. But Charleston White is a legend in my mind and one of the funniest guys that I personally know. Man, uh, yeah, definitely go watch at least the latest episode. Yes, <laughs> the deleted yeah, ones are deleted. Yeah. Um, that, you, you spoke on Brittany Griner. Um, when you saw that she was arrested for weed mm-hmm. and they're holding her in a Russian prison and she's going to go through the sentencing, did you feel she was going to? Uh, did you feel she was going to be innocent? Uh, charges let go? Or do you feel like Russia was going to hold her? Like, ah, oh, we got her, we got her, we got us one. This is political. I mean, nobody cares about weed. I don't think she should have been locked up for weed. I'm on her side with that. I mean, she's you know. She went in there with a few vape pens. Who yes. cares? Russia was, they're holding her as a political prisoner. But listen, all these geopolitical bullshit, I mean, it's meant to distract us. I mean, it is an important thing. She's a famous woman and she got arrested in Russia. I wanted her ass out. Like, I don't want, you know, just, I don't want her in jail for some weed, especially if it's legal here. But at the same time, Russia knows that, hey, we're going to keep this bitch. And yeah. We're going to get a lot of uh, publicity. And then we're going to be able to get this war criminal, Victor Chauvin, or whatever his last name is, who sold arms to kill millions of people in uh, northern Africa, supposedly. His weapons have killed you know, hundreds of thousands at the bare minimum. Some say millions. So we trade him for a girl that averages six rebounds a game. It's not fair. Yeah. She should have been out on her own. America should have had the balls to say, we don't need to trade shit. You better give us Brittany Griner back or we're going to blow your ass up or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I really, I'm empathetic to Brittany. But at the same time, as soon as she got out, as soon as she got out, she was not talking about the veteran. She wasn't talking about the war. She was trying to go into hiding. She should be using her platform to expose all this bullcrap. And instead, she went into hiding. Yeah, no, to see them uh, on the... T- on the tarmac uh, where you see an arms dealer and you see a bat. I'm like, what the hell's going on in America? But, but no, I do. I, I, we are entertained when we see you confront her and we've seen you confront others. We're, we're going to touch yeah. on it, but to see that at uh DFW, the fact that you're hauling ass up there to get, to, to get that content <laughs> yeah. is amazing. Now you mentioned uh, Biden and Trump or you oh, mentioned yeah. Trump. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch on both Trump and Biden. Uh, of course. Uh, let's first and foremost, start with Trump. 
Um, Trump, of course, you know, celebrity apprentice, uh, millionaire to billionaire, uh, you know, father rich. Uh, you know, uh, black people love him. Like, you know, Snoop Dogg. They all loved him before. He yeah, was before yeah, Donald like, Trump was the number one rapped about guy. Nelly the number one about, rapped about everybody guy. Everybody was riding the Trump train. <laughs> right. And then, of course, he starts his rally to become president. Uh, it looks like a joke. Uh, but it starts gaining steam. Yeah. He starts saying things that I guess we just, there was no stiff competition. And I always understand, you know, Bush, uh, you know, Obama, you know, it depends on the swings. Yeah. Um, did you expect Trump to win? I, I didn't. And my mom loved Trump. And my mom was telling me, oh, Trump's going to win. Trump's going to win. I was like, mom, <laughs> I'd like it if he won. But I was like, no way. He's gonna win. My mom, God rest her soul. I love her. I miss her. I'm saying my mom's a wild, crazy. She didn't know all that much about politics. I think I, at least I didn't think she did. But she nailed it. She said Trump is going to be the 45th president. And she was right. And I was wrong. Wow. And uh, no, I think Trump came on at a time where like we just had Barack Obama. And one of Barack Obama's issues, not that Trump got so much of the black vote, but I really don't know what Barack Obama did for the black community. I mean, if you can tell me, I guess he gave everybody some free cell phones, but really, like, I think he presidented as his white side, not his black side. And really, in 08, and I'm not trying to, I hate this, this white guilt. I'm a, I'm a, you know, cracker no, or whatever. No, I'm with you. I'm with no, but, you. But I'm saying, I loved Barack Obama. We love, everybody loves yeah, when a you, cool black dude, yeah. you know, but he just, he came on the scene and I just don't think he really helped the American people. I think that he cared more about his personal power. He cares more about like other countries, geopolitical conflicts instead of caring about all of the problems we have here and not just the black community, not just a Latino community, not just the white community, but the drug trafficking, the sex trafficking. Yeesh. There's just a lot of problems here in America he didn't address. And I think he cared more about being the popular guy than helping the black people that he built his campaign on. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he he provided what we would consider, you know, hope. That was his campaign. Hope yeah. for all the young kids out there. Um, Bin Laden, you know, uh, he finished what, you know, that's... Oh, give me a break. Ah, let's let's talk about Osama Bin Laden. So you're going to say Barack Obama killed Osama Bin Laden. First of all, Osama Bin Laden was an asset for the CIA. He went by the name of Tim Osmond. So the idea that 9-11 was perpetrated by 19 terrorists with, uh, with box cutters and they were able to defeat the greatest military in the world and just single-handedly destroy the Twin Towers, yet Building 7 just imploded in its footprint. What they tell us about 9-11 is as big a lie as when they told us that weapons of mass destruction existed. Those weapons of mass destruction did not exist. We fought a war for 20 years, never found them. The same thing happened on 9-11. Now, whether you want to say there's pre-planned explosives or the government knew that these hijackers are going to fly planes and just let them do it. I don't care what your theory is. I know from the 9-11 Commission report, there's 28 pages redacted talking about Saudi Arabia's involvement. So the government is not going to tell us the full truth. So whether you think it was an inside job, whether you think there was just government, you know, insubordination, I think that it was all a phony baloney lie and that they knew it was going to happen and they wanted it to happen so we could just get our military industrial complex, Halliburton, Raytheon, Boeing, and make trillions of dollars in the Middle East by not only taking the resources, by not only making our you know businesses more powerful by selling all these weapons, but also keeping us in a constant state of fear because when you're scared, that's when the government can control you. So if you're scared of always getting in a terrorist attack, it's going to make you stay home. It's going to kind of be like when you're facing covid they try to use fear, trauma-based mind control to control us. And 9-11 was a perfect example of that. So 9-11 happened in 2001. COVID hit in 2020. Uh, what do you feel the next one, next 20 years, what they might throw at us next? I mean, I think soon what's going to happen, we're going to get a COVID 2.0. Like we're going to start getting flus because we've had SARS. And, and I think COVID's real. I'm not, I'm saying, but there's sudden acute respiratory syndrome. There's Middle Eastern respiratory syndrome. We've had serious deadly syndromes where people get, you know, influenza, a form of it that's really deadly and they die. So the idea that this is the first time we've ever had a deadly flu, that's false. Yeah, we've had, of course. You know, we've had other deadly flus. So I think we'll have another deadly flu. They'll shut us down. But I think the biggest psyop, psychological operation, they're going to do the climate change and not aliens? Climate over aliens? Well, the aliens, this is, it's funny. I like that you're, she joker, you're a smart young yeah. man. You know, the aliens, they've always been talking about it. Ronald Reagan even said this. The only way to unite us into a new world order, a one world government, would be an existential threat of aliens. You can look this up. Ronald Reagan said this. So if they give us aliens, they A, already know about them, or B, they're going to be fake in a thing called Project Blue Beam. And they have this technology, NASA has it, where they can make it look like Jesus is coming back from the sky. They can put and in, in literally put a hologram or whatever technology it is, and it'll make it look like Jesus, God, Muhammad, somebody's coming from the sky. So I think they'll do a fake alien 
thing like that to scare us so we'll all become one world order, one digital banking currency, one army so we can go fight these fake aliens. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've seen a lot uh, uh, way more UFO sightings recently than ever. And now they're, now they're like four, caught in 4K on a yeah. cell phone. And it could be drones. But I'm like, the fact that we're even, I think Mexico had pulled up two alien bodies. Yeah, but that was our fake Mexican <laughs> bodies. You know, they're like, but I'm telling you, so there is something weird with these aliens. And then on top of that, if you guys noticed that we just recently found a bunch of Chinese spy balloons where they were flying over American yes. uh, airspace and they shot them down. There's all kinds of balloons in the sky. So the, the idea that they could put some sort of unidentified flying objects in the sky, it's very possible. Yes, um, but you you feel weather, climate change could be the next big well that's the easiest way they're going to be able to lock you up so the idea is they call it 15 minute cities where you live in a city where literally everything is 15 minutes like you can walk to the hospital the vet the grocery store and they'll basically want to put you in clusters so i do think that that's what's going to happen with climate change they're going to say oh you can't drive on wednesdays that's why they want everybody they want everybody to have an electrical car not necessarily just for the emissions because actually the mining of the batteries cost, uh, you know, cost tons of emissions. But if you have an electric car, they can turn it off, you know, at the yeah. push of a button. So yeah, I think the government's going to use climate change as the next big psychological operation saying that we're not going to live for another hundred years. Because when I was in college, they showed us this movie. I went to LSU, um, uh, LSU fighting tiger and hey, my, go Tigers. let's go tigers. But our sophomore year, they made us watch an inconvenient truth. And they said, by the time you graduate, these are the polar ice caps. They're melting. We're going to be underwater. And this is right after Hurricane <laughs> Katrina. So they like yeah. really believed it. And we're fine. There's polar ice caps. They melt and refreeze. It's called seasons. It gets hot and cold. So, yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to necessarily be underwater uh, anytime soon. We see movies like uh, AI, Demolition Man, Vanilla Sky, Minority Report. Yeah. Which, which movie do you feel has the next, let's say, 50 to 100 years down pat. Well, I said it earlier. You're asking me, it's it's called Truth in the Movies, Lies in the News. They use predictive programming in movies. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe this, type in predictive programming 9-11. There's all these movies. Like It goes back to like, like um, Sesame Street movies and stuff where there's symbolism of the Twin Towers like getting eaten by the cookie monster. So there's always weird symbolism of planes going into buildings and then it really happens. So when it comes to movies or stuff that's gonna happen, I, I said it earlier, I think Vanilla Sky, I think they're gonna create cheap artificial intelligence. Well, in the movie Vanilla Sky, you had to be really rich. And if you're really rich, this guy got burned, his face got burned and he wanted to live in the world where he wasn't burned. So he paid all this millions of dollars to live in this fake world. Once they create that technology where it's cheap, where anybody can afford it, they just put on a headset and hook up something to their penis or something, to, you know, whatever. No, really, that's what they want to do because they say that that you're going to be able to ejaculate as many times as you want in the metaverse. Oh, uh, shit. Yes, that's what they say. So I think they're going to be plugging Harvest people up. The kids. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be plugging you up to that machine. And you're going to be getting a digital BJ for the rest of your life. So not the Matrix, not uh, not. Well, that's what that's what happens. Is all the people they go, oh, I want to go into the machine, and there's always going to be people who are like, nah, I don't think those machines are too good. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to have kids, and they're going to be like Amish people now. You know how we have Amish people today that don't use any technology. In a hundred years, those are the people that are fighting the machines. Those are the modern day Amish people. So I have to ask uh, before we go to Biden, uh, Trump. Do you feel like he has a? You know, he's facing criminal charges. You yeah. know, Mar-a-Lago, and you know, a lot, lot of shit. Yeah, a lot. Um, uh, do you feel he has a chance to win in uh, the 2024 election? The smartest thing for Donald Trump to do is to go to jail because that would help him with the black vote. That would help him with uh, the urban vote. That would help him with the Latino vote. I'm telling you, it makes him a real person. It makes him a victim. That's what the left uses the most. They're like, oh, I'm a victim. I'm this, I'm that. So if you victimize Trump, Instead of villainize Trump, I think it's going to help him in the end. But at the same time, if you really think about it, and I argued with Charleston about this, actually I agreed with him on this point, he has to have secret service. Even if he goes to federal prison, he's got to have secret service. Yeah. So, so how's that going to work? He's going to go to jail. They're going to they got to serve time with him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you know they're going to put an ankle monitor on him, and really. And Donald Trump probably has done illegal stuff. Let's be real. I mean, he's a billionaire. I mean, come on. Hey. But at the same time, does he deserve to go to jail when you got people like Barack Obama, Joe Biden? I mean, all these other people. Hillary Clinton's got to kill us. I mean, he should be held to the same standard as these, as these other elite people, in my opinion. So, um, you know, Biden, uh, watching him now, it does let me know that there should be an age limit possibly to mm -hmm. become a president. What are your thoughts on Biden's just... You know, I don't want to talk so much about his presidency, but we can talk yeah. about it. But just, you know, he's starting to show signs that he's getting a little old. 
Everybody knows Biden is at home with the lights off. You know what I mean? He's, I mean, he's, he's just there like, oh, just trying to find a cookie and ice cream. The guy's falling down the stairs every day. No, he shouldn't be president. But really, he's not our president. Like, he might be the de facto president. But you know there's somebody else telling him what to do, of where course. to go. Oh, my God. He's not making any decisions. And really, this is the thing. is My favorite thing about Joe Biden, I love his son, Hunter Biden, because Hunter Biden smokes crack. He bangs whores. He's, that's, he's a man of the people. That's the same reason why we like Donald Trump. He grabs by the pussy. So I think he made a good son. I think he's a good dad. He got his son hooked on crack. I mean, other than that, I mean, everything else, Joe Biden, he touches, messes up. But Hunter Biden is a legend. He's doing cocaine in the White House and getting away with it. Hunter Biden is a real G. He's the real pimp on a blunt. Uh, you know, Biden has histories of, uh, you know, patting little kids, kissing little kids oh, on the yeah. cheek. Um, sometimes it looks inappropriate. Do you, I mean, just he's sniffing everybody. He's a sniffer in chief. No, I mean, he's literally huffing and puffing. And, and, and I mean, he just has his nose out like he's sniffing a line of cocaine. And so I think it is weird. And like like we said earlier, I do believe these elites, they're all friends with Jeffrey Epstein. What Jeffrey Epstein like to do is put them in compromising situations where they have blackmail on them. So I think he probably is a perv. I'm just uh, totally speculating. But all these weird people, they do stuff to get into a certain club, whether it's like drink cat's blood, have sex with a child. I would not be surprised if Joe Biden, he might just be Sleepy Joe, loves kids, smelling girls' hair. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was a pervert for sure. And, you know, there's a conspiracy that, you know, when he was with Jill, he had a wife, Hunter's mom, who died in a car accident. They say that he was involved in the car accident. So I don't know. I think Joe Biden has a very dark past, but probably not as dark as Hillary Clinton's, in my opinion. Um, there was recently, uh, I believe um, it was it wasn't a city council. It was, a, I think, a Senate meeting where. Two senators were letter about the fight. Or that was yesterday. That was yes. yesterday. Yeah. That, that, and yeah, it was uh, uh, that presidential black. candidate. Um, I forget his name. Um, uh, he was right next to him, Bernie. Uh, yeah, Bernie Sanders. Sanders. He slowed it down. Yeah, he's really like, good. hey, let's do it right here, right now. How would you have wanted to see that? Play. Of course. And the old Senate, I think there was a guy that got beat up with a cane unconscious. No, these people do need to fight it out. And that's another thing. Idolizing a politician is like thinking the stripper actually likes you. These politicians are all scumbags. They all care about their job, keeping money in the bank so they can get uh, donations. These politicians don't give a damn about you. So yeah, if they want to go out there and have a celebrity death match and fight each other, that would be better than them just sitting there arguing like two little bitches. I mean, I, I mean that. I wanted to see that fight. I want more fighting. I just did my first First boxing match. I don't think fighting is the answer to. It's not going to solve most of our problems, but it'll solve some of them. It'll <laughs> solve some of them. If a guy gets hit in the face, he's going to shut up and he's going to actually pay attention to what he's doing or saying. So yeah, they should let him fight it out. Yeah, and congrats on uh, even getting in the ring. Um, oh, you thank did, you. You did yes. that once, and you. you, you had well, I think I'm going to do it again, December fifteenth. I'm planning on fighting another guy from my rival gym, but yeah, I fought a, a famous comedian, Luis J. Gomez. He owns a Gas Digital. His podcast producer, Mike Harrington, was three and zero. I got my fight canceled, so I had a fight with Misfits. It's owned by you know Prime and DAZN and you know, these big people that do Logan Paul and KSI's boxing match. And I had a Muslim opponent, and I purposely got turkey dogs because I did not want to be disrespectful, and I threw turkey dogs on them. And everybody online covered it. Oh, Alex Stein throws pork or hot dogs on a Muslim. And they canceled my fight because of social justice. So I, me and Charleston, we had two canceled fights in the same month. That shows you how crazy we are. So... Mike Harrington was talking smack. This guy was, said Alex was scared to fight. He purposely threw the hot dogs to throw the match, you know, to get canceled. That was false. I met Mike Harrington's ass in the ring. Third round, I kicked his ass. I'm one to know. Pimp on a blimp's flying high. Man, there you go. There you go. Um, you know, it's funny because I think would beef dogs would that would that work? Angus, I don't know. Say that again. Do beef. Oh, the beet dogs would have been okay if they're kosher. Bro, I should have thrown veggie dogs. That, and that's the thing is then I would have been totally safe if I threw the veggie dogs on the Muslim guy. But, you know, he didn't even care. His corner man knew I was going to do some stunt. So he wanted to fight me, but he got half of his purse anyway. So really he got – I would have beat the hell out of Modine. So he got lucky too. So it is what it is. I live and learn. I push the limits. Sometimes I'm going to get canceled. Um, that's just the game that I play. When you walk the high ropes, sometimes I'm going to fall. All right, let's go ahead and get into it then, man. Speaking of canceling, uh, you know, your city council, uh, you know, yes. stints. Uh, let's just touch on these, man, because, again, I'll touch on the one that I saw, and then we'll go back to the more viral yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the one I seen was, of course, you know, Plano City Council. I lived in Plano for a little while. Yeah, good um, place. You know, uh, you know. Mayor yeah. Munns. Yeah. <laughs> he knows me very well. I'm suing Plano, as a matter Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw that. And, you know, freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Um, So... On the one that I seen where, of course, you had a whole song. 
Prayers for Ukraine. Uh, prayers for Ukraine. Yes. Right after the Ukraine situation kicked yeah. off. Um, you know, you went in there, you did your thing, you know, pimp on a blimp. Yes. Lobster, steak and shrimp. All day long. Um, what, again, you know, without giving so much up, you know, uh, you have a message in these, in what you're saying. And, but it's also in jest, I would assume. Yeah. And uh, you do have freedom of speech, but what is your method of madness when it comes to approaching these city accounts? Because you've been everywhere, kind of. Joker, that's a great question. The reason why you're asking me, what is the method to your madness on why you go to a city council and act like an idiot? I know, but let me tell you why I act like such a bozo the clown. Because when I first started speaking at these meetings, I went and I spoke very earnestly. Like I had some kind of zingers in there, you know, a few jokes. They didn't pay attention at all. They didn't even care who I was. Next speaker, nobody even, you know, said anything to me. But as soon as I went up there and I started rapping, I started yelling, I started acting a fool. All of a sudden, these politicians were like, what? Then I started name calling. I called them by their name. I'm like, Janet, you suck. You suck. You know, it really changed because all of a sudden, these politicians that are so uptight in this very serious meeting and I'm acting like a total goofball, they're totally thrown off. I'm like a quarterback, like trying to draw them off sides, like Tom Brady, hut, hut. And then they're falling for it. And that's when I started to get the most, uh, you know, attention. That's when I started to get the most support because people love seeing politicians get made fun of. So when I started going to these meetings, I, I started kind of going there serious. Then when the crazier I got, the crazier I got, then when I started rapping, because I'm allowed to rap, I'm allowed, I'm the freestyle king. I can go up there and say whatever I want. It changed my whole entire life. And you know, what's even crazier is when I first went to meetings, I, I got a crazy ass grandmother. I love her, Betty Minyard sign. She would go speak at city council meetings and my dad would get so mad. He'd be like, oh, my mom, when I was a little kid would yell at the city council meeting. He hated it because she'd be yelling at the water company, billing her too much or something. And so when I first went to a meeting, my dad begged me, he said, Alex, do not go to any city council meetings. And I was like, all right, dad. And basically, because he told me not to, it made me want to go more. <laughs> and then, you know, about four months later, after he told me that, I had a video that got 3 million views where I rapped about the vaccine. I said, Dr. Fauci, give me that ouchie. Uh, you know, vaccinate my wife, vaccinate my life. You know, I need the vaccine in my body. Want to have the vaccination party while I'm drinking the vaccination Bacardi. You know, all those gimmicks and stuff. Yeah. And it went viral and I realized, this is what I had to continue doing. I got to keep lampooning these ultra serious politicians and uh, people loved it. Um, how was the going viral for the vaccination doctor? Dr. Fauci. Dude, it was cool. Energy. Dude, it was so good because like you said, you don't realize the people that are watching this, Joker's working his butt off. He's got professional cameras, professional studio, and a high-end place. I was doing the same thing. I worked for the television show Cheaters. We catch people cheating on their husbands and wives. I worked there for eight years. Shout out Chris Go. Did you ever know, know a guy named Chris? Which uh, one? Uh, I knew a lot of them. Go by Chris Go now, but he was um he was a guy who would he worked for him a little while. Yeah, I probably know, picture off camera. Yeah, I probably I probably know Chris, but I know I ended up working my way, started off as a cameraman in college, and I worked my way up to a producer. And um what happened was is the host of the show was originally Joey Greco, then he got replaced by a guy named Clark Gable, who was Clark Gable, the famous actor from Gone with the Wind. It was his grandson. Clark was a very good friend of mine. Like I said, I was a producer. I'd have to, you know, give him the, you know, ride up for the show. This girl's getting yada, 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 show him the cheating footage. I was got really close to him. And Clark had the biggest drug tolerance of anybody I've ever met. Like he would always come to set, you know, halfway sober. Maybe he might've been on a prescription pill or something, but he always could do his job. But as soon as he was done, he would have a six pack of beer. He'd be chugging beer. He would have, you know, his Mexican Coke dealer on the way there. You know, he would do lines of cocaine like this. I thought this guy was bulletproof and he acted like he was bulletproof. And then one day we wrapped up season 18, filming with cheaters. And I get a call from his fiancee. She's like, Clark's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? Clark's dead. She's like, he had a drug overdose. She's dead. And Clark ran out of pills. He had a doc that would like a doc in the box type guy that was giving him, you know, pain pills or Xanax. Or I'm not sure. I think both, to be honest. I think he had Adderall too. Well, he ran out of some of those pills. He went and bought some uh, from like a dealer and they were pressed pills. They were fake pills that had fentanyl on it and he died. And this guy had, the reason why I talked about him being a party animal, he wasn't just some 14 year old girl trying his first drug at a rave. He was an experienced user, had used all kinds of pills. Like I would not have thought he would OD, right? I thought like he could take fentanyl and probably be fine. Well, he wasn't fine. He died. 
I'm feeling all sad. And then the guy that owns Cheaters, his name's Bobby Goldstein, he said, Alex, you're gonna be the next host of Cheaters. Oh, wow. And my, my life changed. I got in really good shape. I was real depressed about Clark, but I knew I could do it. I was like, man, I can be the host. I can go confront these people. Like this is in my DNA. And I had been working at Cheaters for a long time. I'd moved to Hollywood after I graduated school and I did extra work. I got acted in a few commercials, got a TJ Fridays commercial, but I've been working my whole life at this moment. I'm about to be the host of Cheaters, then Viacom, who distributes the show, which owns MTV, CMT, and VH1, they, they decided with the audience they should go with a black host, which is fine. You know, I get that it, it needs a match, but they picked a guy named Peter Guns, who's a famous DJ. I forget his song. He's got a very famous song. I can't think of it off the Yeah, it's, uh, we, we had him on the couch. Yeah, I like Peter. Yeah. So I like interviewed Peter. him about it. Yeah, nothing's bad about Peter. I, I don't hate Peter. If I'm but, Peter. Uh, 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 West Side, West Side, yeah, now for the game. And, yeah. You know, and where he's in this, he's at the stadium, the New York Mets stadium, whatever. It's, but Peter Guns is a famous guy. So I'm not hating that they picked him over me, but I knew that it was the kind of political correct choice because they made him change his name to Peter Panky because they didn't want him to glamorize gun violence because that's how crazy the world we live in. So I was just mad at cheaters. They, they, they said, oh, you can still work here. We'll just you know keep you in the same role you had. And I said, no, I was just mad. And that's when I started my podcast. And I had to work my butt off for three years. And people started watching after about the first year, you know, first few videos got 10,000. But then the podcast started to get more popular. And then it was at the same exact time of me speaking to the city council. So that kind of grew. So when I finally went super viral and everybody was sharing and they thought I was real, they thought I was this crazy liberal leftist, I was counting my lucky stars. I got to go on my biological stepdad's show, Tucker Carlson. It changed my life. So, but, but I had to work every single day. People don't realize I had to work hard. I was ready to go viral. All these other people, when they go viral, they're not ready. So for me, it was the biggest blessing that I ever got, getting the attention I finally deserve for all the haters out there. Amazing. Amazing story. Mm -hmm. That has stories in itself. Um, so I want to ask about, you know, just recently, uh, you know, uh, I believe it was New York yes. City Council where you did the gays for Palestine. Yes, yes. Uh, viral, the yes. song, you know, hey, you know, uh, <laughs> The super animal freak. <laughs> what? Well, the Queers for Palestine movement, I'm getting a lot of flack now because everybody's like, oh, you're a shill for Israel. No, I just like to call it hypocrisy is that everybody in the Middle East, it's kind of become this like liberal rallying cry. Yet if you're a gay man in Palestine, they'll literally throw you off a roof. I'm not anti-gay. If you want to be gay, go ahead. I don't think that teachers should have pride flags in elementary schools because a pride flag is symbolizes your sexual preference. That's literally the only difference between a gay man and a straight man is their sexual preference. A pride flag symbolizes who you want to bang. Like I have lesbians, I have friends that are gay. They said, oh, they would wear the rainbow flag so they knew who they're going to fuck at the nightclub. <laughs> and now you're putting those same rainbow flags in elementary schools that is not okay but if you're gay trans i don't really care as long as you're an adult do whatever makes you feel good um as long as you don't hurt somebody else so uh i just you know it's, it's such a like a dividing thing right you know the world that we live in we're always gonna be constantly divided but throwing people off a roof i think that's universally bad so that's why i talk about the queers for palestine because there are really homos for hamas there are really queer for palestine people that are championing, you know, this rally, like, oh, we love the Palestinians, free Palestine. Well, at the same time, they would throw your bitch ass off the roof. So you need to, you know, check yourself before you literally wreck yourself on who you support. That's as real as it gets. Um, now, now you recently just went into Target as well. Yo, now, you, now you're gonna kill me, Joker. Yeah, 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 I got no, to, no, I got to. No, we gotta talk about this. Yeah, because I actually personally, I went into Target one day and I was just shopping and uh, I'm just walking around and I do see a section that has tuck proof, tuck. I'm like, what is going mm -hmm. on? And it's like, and it's in full display. And I'm like, so basically you're saying that before I see any regular clothes for a young boy or young girl, I have to see the tuck proof clothes. And I question that. I call my girl. I said, man, you will not believe. Like, let me go FaceTime. Let me show you <laughs> what I'm looking at at Target. And yeah. I'm in McKinney. You know, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So I see you do your thing. And I'm like, man, you go all the way out. You're wearing a tuck-proof <laughs> bathing suit. And yeah. you're kind of giving it full light. And I'm like, man, t just... Your thoughts on that, just in general? Well, sadly, one of my most viral videos this year is that Target created a whole line, not just for adults, but for children that made tuck-friendly bathing suits that were specially designed that if you got a big, you know, the package, <laughs> it's going to be able to tuck it in so you look great at the swimming pool with all the other ladies. Well, of course, you know, I'm a pimp on a blimp, so I had to go to Target. I had to try the thing on. I put the thing on. I walked around. I'm talking to the employees. I'm dancing. I'm prancing. I'm doing push-ups. The video gets millions of hits. But you know what? 
when I do this, when I do that bit, and I've done that bit before, I wore a women's bathing suit to a Plano City Council, and I said, I want to swim with the women. Yes. I get killed by the conservative side. They call me gay. They call me cross-dresser. And some of them are right. I mean, I can't really argue that because in a way, I'm buck-breaking myself, but I'm doing it. I'm putting on the dress as a joke to try to lampoon the other people that do it seriously. So it's kind of this weird gray area where I want to push the boundaries. I want to be like Andy Kaufman. I don't want to be cookie-cutter conservative. I don't want to be a crazy liberal. I want to be a populist. I want to stand for like what most people believe in, not what one niche, you know, thinks, one Christian right thinks. Not that I'm anti-Christian. I'm just saying, you know, a few people give me a lot of flack anytime I put on that bathing suit, but I'm doing it to make a point. And I'm going to keep doing it. But at the same time, I got to freaking retire Alexandria Stein. I can't keep on being Alexandria. I'm detransitioning. So for all the people out there, you're not going to catch me in a women's bathing suit unless Target starts selling them again. And I got to get the clicks. But other than that, I'm done with the women's bathing suit. So I have to ask then, because, you know, you bring up a point to where a transgender, let's Mm -hmm. say Caitlyn Jenner, who was a triathlete, uh, triathlon or whatever it's called, um, is now, of course, transitioned to a woman. So your thoughts on a woman or a man who identifies as a woman being a swimmer in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, this is if you're a biological male and you identify as a female, you should not be able to compete against biological females. I mean, that's obvious. That's just the physics of a human anatomy. I mean, men are stronger. Men are going to be more dominant. But there's actually this other girl. Her name's uh, Ansley Wilk, and she is a female jujitsu woman, and she's gone viral because she's been – uh, tapping out all these transgender men or transgender women, whatever the proper thing is, guys that are pretending to be girls, she's tapping them out. So, like, I guess you could argue there are some women that are more dominant than men, but you know, statistically, on average, men are always going to be more dominant in physical sports than women. So, uh, there should be their whole separate league for transgender people. They shouldn't be competing against the biological females. That's just how it should go. But we live in a weird world where if you Google this right now, can a man get pregnant? Google will tell you yes. So those same people, you do it right now. Google it. They're on your phone. Don't leave this podcast. Don't leave this clip. I'm saying as soon as you watch this, you can fact check me on that. So we live in the upside down world where they'll tell you that a man can just say, oh, I identify as a female. And now I get to pee in the women's restroom. But that same man might be a lesbian transgender. That same man might be a lesbian transgender and actually be attracted to the same women that he's peeing next to in the bathroom. So we live in a weird ass world and it's only getting weirder. Yeah, so. Wait, because I just we just Googled it. And um, yeah. yeah, it does say what the hell? Like uh, Google says, yes, a man can yeah, get pregnant. Says, yeah. Like what is what is what is that? I don't know. It's fake. <laughs> a man can't get pregnant. <laughs> he doesn't have ovaries. That? I mean, Who's running Google. <laughs> exactly. Aliens or AI. I don't know. But that that's all you need to know is that if you Google a man can get pregnant, Google. will Do say you yes. feel if a transgender does change their what they you know, if I, hey, I identify as a woman, they have to stay that way for a certain amount of time. They can't just flip flop day to day. Yeah, but that's the thing is they do. It's called being non-binary where they can flip flop. And that's where it's like, it's kind of disrespectful to women. And I mean, once again, me personally, I don't ever deal with transgenders. I mean, I've never been fooled by transgender. Then it might be a little personal, but where it is personal is these things called TERFs, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. There's a whole group of lesbians that hate trans people because they don't want a guy to be able to say, oh, I have a penis, but I'm still a girl. So I'm almost more empathetic to those people, to the people that are getting, you know, it's like, you don't like it when a white person does blackface. Uh, I don't think a woman would like it if a man does woman face. So that's how I look at it. You're just being an imposter. And like I said, if you're an adult, you can do it. But all these kids that are getting gender reassignment surgery, getting hormones that they say are reversible when they're not because you only have one window of maturation. You literally have one puberty window that your whole entire life. And if you if you block that at all, you don't just get to restart puberty. So I'm just really against it. When it comes to children, they should not be getting gender reassignment surgery. If they can't go to the military, they can't get a tattoo, then a parent shouldn't be able to cut off a daughter's you know breast and get a mastectomy. What was the reception you got when you went through uh, to the college, uh, you know, with the same, you know, with, well, you know, Alexandria Stein, you went, you went to college. I, I went to, I, I went to Berkeley. They're actually pretty chill in Berkeley, but the craziest college interaction I had is I went to Penn state with a guy by the name of Gavin McKinnis who started the proud boys. And Gavin's like one of my, you know, he's kind of one of my mentors, but Gavin started this club really as a joke. It was kind of like a male fraternity is how he would kind of describe it. Then it basically, he was going to a lot of, uh, events where he needed security. So these guys started doing a security and then that blew up. So him and I were doing a speaking engagement at Penn State and the liberal kids there hated it. 
So before the event, they're protesting it. I went outside and I tried to goof around with these people, making fun of them, you know, joking with them, yelling at them back. And a girl literally hawked a loogie that was about 10 inches long on my jacket. It was like the most viral thing on the internet. <laughs> Once again, I got to go to my biological stepdad show, Tucker Carlson. So, you know, these college campuses are crazy. These kids are getting indoctrinated by Google telling them that boys can get pregnant and have babies. So I'm actually, I feel sorry for these college kids wasting all that money in college. There was a time when I would say, you do need to go to college, but in this day and age, I would not suggest going to college. Spend your money on something else. Go do an internship. Go buy a camera. Go learn how to edit. There's so many uh, better opportunities than going to pay to get indoctrinated into thinking that men can have babies. Oh, God. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, They took the... um uh, they took, I think, what, the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools for kids? I think they took the part where it says, under God. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, that's another thing. Is like You don't have to be Christian. You don't have to be Jewish. You don't have to be Islam or whatever. But this is one thing. I think the idea of just being an atheist, just nothing matters. I do think that is kind of bad on society. I think like everybody should have a spiritual connection because I truly don't believe, I, I believe in a lot of conspiracies, but I don't believe that we evolved from pond scum. I don't think just two cells split and then everything came from nothing. Giraffes are too beautiful. I'm too beautiful. I'm not a cosmic accident. So whatever faith, whatever God you believe in, that's good. But if you just believe that nothing matters and that we just all came here accidentally, that makes you just feel like your life is meaningless. So I, I try to, if I, I'm not a preacher or anything, but your life has meaning. If you're watching this and they try to tell you you're meaningless, trust me, I don't know what your purpose in, is in this life, but you have a purpose, I guarantee you. Now, I have to ask, um, you know, we're about to get into the the more, well, let's just talk about the, yeah. least, the recent guest you had. Uh, you had a, um, I believe she was an OnlyFans model. Oh my gosh, tonight, yeah, I'm getting tonight, crushed. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we're in the twenty, we're in twenty twenty three now, to where, you know, things like OnlyFans was fifty years ago. What? You know, you nobody know thought of it. Yeah, you know, you know, women were unable to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't know, get a credit card. Couldn't get a credit card. <laughs> was pretty much a lot of them were homemakers, and the men mm -hmm. went out to work. Um, and now we have. OnlyFans, yeah, to where you know a woman could be show her sexual prowess on the internet and mm -hmm. make way more than her counterpart male, who yeah. probably even doing the same thing. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the the invention of OnlyFans? Well, I think the invention of OnlyFans for society is not great for a bunch of uh, hoes on the internet. Yeah, they're going to be rich for <laughs> sure. So overall, I mean, pornography is not good for society, but we've all seen pornography. And now you're giving girls just a cell phone and a web page where they can sell it. I mean, I'm empathetic too because I get that it's hard to make money, especially if you're not talented and if you have a vagina and you just got to snap a picture because there's fat women on OnlyFans, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of women on OnlyFans and all kinds of stuff, different strokes for different folks. So I get why people are just trying to hustle and grind. But for society overall, it's not good because I hear these stories about women that try to do OnlyFans and then their ex-boyfriend shares a picture and everybody sees them naked. So you have no privacy. So anybody doing that... You're, you're, you're wearing a scarlet letter for the rest of your life. So if you really want to make that decision, like anybody that makes an amateur porn video, it's just like all the back, uh, backdoor casting or whatever videos, those girls go there, they get exploited and their lives are ruined. So if you really don't care about your friends or family, then go ahead, do whatever you want. But if you do care about those relationships, OnlyFans or being in porn is only going to cause you a lot of drama in your life. Yeah. What do you feel when you see like a teacher, you know, there's a lot of reports where a teacher quits her job mm -hmm. to become, to pursue OnlyFans. Like she's an educator of children mm -hmm. and she said, well, damn that, damn my purpose on, on this earth. I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. I'm going to please little boys. Well, you say that it's funny because what a teacher probably makes $50,000 a year and then being an OnlyFans model, you probably make $50,000 a month. But there's another weird thing with female teachers. You always hear about this because I don't hear about the male, male teachers as much. But you always see a hot-ass teacher sleeps with 13-year-old boys, sleeps with 8th grade. You're like, what the hell? A lot of these teachers in these schools are freaks. So I'm really not surprised some of them have OnlyFans. And I actually interviewed a woman that was a teacher, quit teaching, started on OnlyFans, and then decided she wanted to get back into teaching and join back up. Then she got exposed to having the OnlyFans, and so they made her resign. So, yeah, I don't think that if you're a whore on the Internet, you should be a teacher, but uh, – I think you could do both. Like you could want to help kids and be a slut. I think that's uh, possible. Hard. <laughs> I know it's hard. I'm saying I think it's possible, but no, for society, we got to keep the OnlyFans whores on this side and the teachers on this side. There you go. Um, I, you know, it's 2023, so I got to get your thoughts on just relationship nowadays, uh, online dating, you know, how you meet people. It used to be like at Walmart or in Kmart, at church or just at a park. 
Now it's swipe left, swipe right, you know, categories. It's like a video game. Yes. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on relationship and pursuing relationship these days? Well, Joker, you're just asking all the great questions. You're asking me about online dating, and it's the most toxic thing that you can do because what you do is you instantly judge somebody over their job, what they look like. It's the most superficial way to date. Now, I'm not saying you go to the club, it's so easy to meet women. Like, I get why it makes it easier for us to meet people. But I think about when you're on a dating app and you're swiping left, you're probably literally swiping left because some girl had a Ukraine flag, some stupid political opinion she doesn't know shit about. And you're probably swiping left on the love of your life. So I just think dating apps in general are bad. You're probably not gonna meet the real love of your life if you're picking somebody for a bunch of superficial stuff. Like, perfect example is that it's like 95% of women on, on dating apps put their requirements that are men are over six feet. So imagine all those five, 10 short kings out there making money in the bank, living their life. And another one is an expert dating coach said this, and she has high-end clients, multi-millionaire clients, and she sets them up on dates. And sometimes, sometimes these multimillionaires will have a Samsung Galaxy phone and they'll text the girl and the text bubble will be green. And she said one of the biggest turnoffs that she has when she's trying to be a dating expert, a matchmaker, is that girls are bitching about having a green text bubble. These hoes are crazy. So I'm just saying, think how superficial that is. A bitch, you might have a million dollars in the bank, but if your text bubbles are green, she will not suck your dick. So that's all you need to know. It's fucked up. It's too superficial. We need to meet people the regular way, but sadly, I think we're too far gone. Yeah, yeah it's crazy that uh, he has, he can't afford an iPhone. That, yeah, but some people don't want the iPhone. But still, some people just don't want the iPhone. And then they, you know, or maybe they don't even mess with their phone that much. Maybe they got a flip phone like Jerry Jones. I don't know. But I'm just saying, these hosts are so crazy. They see the green bubble. Gotta go. So what are your thoughts on uh, monogamy versus polygamy? Uh, you know, multiple. Oh, man, I'm the king of that. I'm a pimp on a blimp. My wife and her boyfriend are so happy all day long. No, that's my number one joke. I talk about Don Terry as my wife's boyfriend. And people are like, oh, running up on yeah, you. I know, he's always running. And my boy, SD, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, Don Terry is my friend. But I make this joke all the time because we live in a world where now everybody is a cuckold. I mean, Adam22, a guy I'm friends with. But, uh, dude, he's just letting all these guys run trains on his wife. I mean, if there's another streamer, Destiny, they have these open marriage. I don't think you're supposed to be polyamorous. I, I believe in monogamy where you got to have one person. But that's just me. I'm very jealous. So maybe these people are just so wide open. They're not jealous. But, no, polygamy, having multiple partners, that's not a real relationship. You're just a slut. And yeah. that's, you know, that is what it is. Adam22 is right now having a game show. Yes. Uh, for, you know, who wants to fuck my wife? Yes. Um, which is an amazing thought process. Um, you yeah. know, I just, it, when you see something like that, do you feel like the um, the value of what we hold on relationships is dying? Or do you feel like, hey, these are just one-offs in part of the corners of the world, but... The value of relationships are dying. People are valuing relationships less and they just want to probably be solo and just literally have a partner they can have sex with. But... When I see Adam 22 doing that, the reality TV producer in me is like, this guy's genius. You are very smart, right, Adam. Right, you know, right. You're a marketing <laughs> expert. But at the same time, dude, you're just treating your wife like she's just a whole to fuck. And she's obviously much more than that to him. So, I mean, you're just degrading your wife. You're degrading yourself. But he actually literally shoots porn. So, I mean, if you're going to show your butthole on camera, maybe he just doesn't care. If he, I think he probably uses it as an excuse to bang other chicks. So it's like, if he's going to bang other chicks, sometimes his wife is going to have to get banged by other guys. That's, you know, just how a trade-off works. Now, I was watching, I believe, uh, I don't think it was Fresh and Fit, but it was some show. Maybe it was Fresh and Fit. Yeah. Whatever saying, basically, uh, a woman gains everything in getting married to a man, and a man really gains nothing from getting yeah. married to a woman. Meaning that you can still date someone, you know, have everything that you have just by dating them, but getting married, a man gains nothing, but a woman does gain a lot, let's just say. Well, you know, I come from a kind of a broken home myself. My dad's always told me not to get married because that's kind of a similar point that he's made. It's not that, it's like everybody wants that piece of paper, but really in, in a relationship, if you love the person, you really shouldn't need the government involved in it, yeah. making sure that you can take all my money. So that's where I come, you know, it comes down to, I'm conservative. That means I want less government in my shit. So, I mean, that's why I think it's kind of, the girl gains the most, especially if she's dating a guy that has money. I mean, if a guy is smart enough to date a rich girl, then he gains. Uh, so there's always going to be somebody in a relationship that probably gains in that situation. But I do think marriage is good. I do believe in monogamy. But at the same time, I can see some 
reasons why a girl wants to get married more than a guy, maybe. Yeah, I think, you know, it shouldn't be marriage. It should just be yearly contracts or maybe every... That works. That works with the NBA. Yeah. Five-year deals. Right. You can just renegotiate. Yeah, we're going to renegotiate the contract. And And they try to do that. That's why they get those, uh, you know, you you get the prenuptial agreement, but then these hoes, as soon as they get divorced after the seven years, (laughs) even according to the law, they still want money. They're still trying to renegotiate those prenups. So... I don't know. I dating and marriage is hard. I see my parents go through divorces. Like they got divorced from each other, remarried and got divorced. So divorce is very possible. I don't know how to keep a relationship going in this day and age, really. So let me ask, uh, what are your thoughts on federal laws versus state laws? And I, I say this by saying technically in like Georgia, you know, the age of consent is like 16. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and then the, the next state over is like 18. Yeah, well, first of all, age of consent, if you're sleeping with a 16-year-old, you're a pedo. I don't care what the age of consent is. But yeah, there is different age of consents. But when we talk about federal law, the first federal law they need to change is make weed legal. They got weed as a Schedule One drug, meaning it's got no medicinal purpose. Uh, you know, there's a whole list of reasons why it can't be a Schedule Two or Schedule Three. So federally, Joe Biden, all these guys, Barack Obama said they're going to help out and legalize weed. Nope, you still haven't. So they need to make marijuana legal. I don't know if that's going to make society better, but if you can go to any store and get a bottle of vodka, you can go to get a cigarette, then marijuana should be legal too. Because now they got the Delta 8. Every <laughs> gas station, you got synthetic marijuana. And I know people that are tripping out on Delta 8. I got friends that have had bad trips on Delta 8. So that's nothing to mess with either. So we got to legalize weed. Uh, the government maybe should tax it. Whatever they got to do, but they should legalize it. So these federal laws... No, they're all so, so, and I ask that in a sense, like morally, because like, let's say weed or let's say alcohol, you know, we have in mm-hmm. Texas, Texarkana to yeah. where Arkansas could sell liquor till 12 midnight mm-hmm. while Texas 9 p.m. Yeah. I mean, you could literally cross an imaginary line and morally things change. Like, OK, I could get drunk till till midnight yeah. versus same with Louisiana. Yeah. I can just cross. I'm in Shreveport. I could just cross. And therefore, like, what do you feel about that morally? How? an imaginary line could change your either getting arrested or, you know, like well, it funny. changes like how much time you serve in jail. Joker, it's funny you talk about that imaginary line because that imaginary line is why we fight all these wars. These imaginary lines literally is like why we have drug trafficking in the southern border. I mean, everything is basically based